Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. You need to see yourself as a steward, not an owner of the money that you have. It, once you understand that it isn't your money, it's His money, and then He just blesses us, and our finances improve. God really blessed our finances. You can trust God with your money. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Friday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today's the end of a six-week series that I've been doing on financial stewardship. I tell you, we've covered a lot of things, and this has really blessed me. You know, there was a time that, man, I was so poor I couldn't pay attention. I struggled, and it was because of my own wrong thinking. And I don't mean this as a criticism, but you know what? If you're struggling financially, it's because there's some wrong thinking in you. It's God's will to prosper you, but it doesn't happen automatically. You have to get your mind renewed. And the things that I'm sharing with you, these are things that literally transform my life. I went from poverty to seeing hundreds of millions of dollars come through this ministry. It is phenomenal what God has done. And that's what this whole teaching is about. And this is a free gift to you. I know that when you teach, especially a TV minister teaches on prosperity, people are going to immediately think that you're teaching on this so that you can get people to give to you. So to belie that uh, thought, I'm offering this as a free gift, or you can get the DVDs or the CDs as an absolute free gift to you. And today is going to be our last day to make that offer. So I was talking about partnership yesterday. I used Philippians chapter 1, especially verse 5, where it says he, Paul was thanking God for their fellowship in the gospel. And that word fellowship is the Greek word koinonia, and it literally means partnership. These people were his partners. And I'm going to show you some more scriptures on that over in Philippians chapter 4 today. But then after he said this, he says, being confident in this very thing that he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And yesterday at the end of the program, I was making the point that some people just use this verse and apply it to everybody, but it was applied to partners. And Paul goes on to say in the next verse, even as it is meet or appropriate for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. These people had partnered with Paul, not only when he was in Philippi, but also in um, Thessalonians. Let me turn over to Philippians chapter 4. Remember that this is just a letter that Paul wrote to the people in Philippi, and he said that they were his partners. And look at what he said in Philippians chapter 4, and in verse 14, he says, Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Talking about they sent him money, they sent him parchments, they sent him clothes. These people gave to him, and you've got to remember that Paul was in Rome in prison when he wrote this. Philippi was hundreds and hundreds of miles away, and with the travel that they had in those days and the lack of communication, Paul had been in prison for uh, over two years at this time. He had been in transit to Rome for a year and got shipwrecked on an island of Melita. These people didn't know where he was. They didn't have the communications that we have today. 
Paul didn't have a Facebook page showing everybody what he was doing. These people were partners with him. They wanted to help him, and they literally didn't know how to do it. They didn't know where he was. And when he finally wound up in Rome in prison, they immediately sent to him. And I pointed this out the other day. Let me just turn over and read this to you. Acts chapter 28 and in verse 30, it says, And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidden him. Remember, he was a prisoner, and he got favor with the people in Nero's house, and they allowed him to rent a house, and he was under house arrest for two years. But let me ask you, how does a prisoner pay for his own rent for two years? And he had already been in prison two years before this, so it's not like he had a stash that he was living off of because he had been in prison uh, in Samaria and then up in Caesarea and then on the way to Rome. So he had been in prison for over two years. He remained in prison for two years and paid for his own hired house. How did he do that? His partners helped him, and this is what Paul is referring to. So again, back to Philippians chapter 4, verse 14, "...notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only." You know, I think that's sad. The apostle Paul suffered things that most of us have never even had to think about. You know, I've just recently taken a stand where we are putting a lawsuit in practice uh, against these draconian measures that the government has imposed that casinos can have unlimited number of people. Protesters can come out by the thousands and protest with no face coverings, no restrictions on them. They can riot and get by with it, but man, you can't allow more than 175 people to assemble together in a religious meeting. And so we filed a lawsuit against it, and they were threatening to arrest me, to shut down things, and we're still dealing with all this, and people talk about, man, we're proud of you, and you're suffering, and, and I do admit it's not something I like. But you know what? Compared to the Apostle Paul, this is nothing. The Apostle Paul was stoned and left for dead. He was beaten with rods. He was beaten with whips. He was put in prison many times. He was shipwrecked. A night and a day, he was afloat in the deep, could have lost his life. And all of this was for the gospel. The apostle Paul suffered things that very few ministers have ever suffered, and yet there was only one church that ever supported him after he left the local area. I think that's sad. As bad as things are in the body of Christ, we have a better revelation of supporting the ministers that preached the gospel than that early New Testament church did. These churches were started by the Apostle Paul. These people came out of paganism, like in Ephesus. They had the temple of Diana of the Ephesians, and part of their worship was having sex with priestesses at the temple. And these people were pagans, and they came out of that. Their soul was saved. They were going to heaven instead of hell. Paul reached them, and yet there was only one church, the Philippians, that ever became partners with Paul and supported him after he left the local area. That's by Paul's own words right here. I think that's sad. 
And sad to say, it's much better today, but you know, it still happens. And again, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying this to enlighten people. Many of you are going to judge my motives and think I'm saying this for myself. I'm just telling you the truth. I'd say the same thing if I was on somebody else's program and trying to get you to give to them. This isn't about me. It's not selfish. But I am saying that there are people that hear the gospel. They've heard me minister. There's people that you've gotten nuggets from God that have impacted your life. Some of you have been radically changed through the truths that God has spoken through me, and yet you've never given. You've never become a partner. I'm not bitter about it. I'm not upset. I love you. God loves you. It's all going to come out in the wash. God's going to raise up other people to help me. But I'm telling you, that's not the way it should be. That's wrong. These people took from the Apostle Paul, but didn't give. That's wrong. It should not be that way. It says, I've already used this verse over in Galatians chapter 6, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. And that's talking about money. So Paul said, you are the only ones that communicated with me concerning giving and receiving. And then in verse 16, it says, for even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. And this is talking about that they sent twice. It's just the old English way of saying that twice they sent finances, physical things to help him while he was in Thessalonica. And the reason for that is because he wasn't received well in Thessalonica. They actually wound up running him out of town and he had to flee Thessalonica. So the support wasn't there. The Philippians supported his ministry as he was in Thessalonica preaching the gospel. And then he said this in verse 17, I'm not saying these things because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. In other words, the Apostle Paul says, look, I'm not saying these things because I'm, I'm saying, hoping that you'll give me more. I'm not worried about my needs. I'm wanting fruit that abounds to your account. And this is one of the points that I've tried to make through this whole thing, that yes, our, our ministry needs money and it needs a lot of money, but I'm not preaching on these things because I need your money. When I preach on healing, I don't preach on healing because I need healing. I preach on healing to share with you the truths that God has spoken into my life that has caused me to see my son and my wife raised from the dead and other people raised from the dead and blind eyes open and deaf ears open. I'm preaching these truths on healing to help you. I'm preaching these truths on finances to help you, whether you believe it or not. And this is what Paul is saying. I'm not saying these things because I desire your money, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Did you know when you partner with the ministry, it produces fruit in your life? And some of these scriptures that I've already used, Proverbs chapter 11, when you water others, you yourself will be watered. When you give of your substance and of the first fruits of your increase, then that's what causes your barns to be filled with plenty and to uh, your presses to burst out with new wine, Proverbs chapter 3. And so this is what Paul is saying here. And then he goes on to say in verse 18, but I have all and abound. I am full having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. So Paul here is talking about they didn't just communicate with him in the sense that they sent a letter saying, hi, how are you? Communicate here means they gave to him. They gave substance to him. They gave parchments as you read earlier in this chapter, and they gave things to help him. 
AND AGAIN, I BELIEVE IT DOESN'T SAY FOR SURE, BUT SOMEBODY PAID FOR HIS HIRED HOUSE FOR TWO YEARS AS A, um, as a PRISONER, AND I BELIEVE THAT THESE PHILIPPIANS WERE AT LEAST PART OF IT, IF NOT THE TOTAL ONES WHO DID THAT. AND PAUL SAID THAT THAT WAS a, AN ODOR OF A SWEET SMELL, A SACRIFICE ACCEPTABLE, WELL-PLEASING TO GOD. YOU KNOW, I DON'T KNOW IF THIS IS TOTALLY POETIC LANGUAGE OR IF THERE IS SUCH A THING AS IN THE SPIRITUAL REALM THAT THERE'S SENSE. I WOULDN'T DOUBT IT. I DON'T KNOW FOR SURE. I CAN'T SAY. But, BUT IF THIS IS LITERAL, THIS IS SAYING THAT, YOU KNOW WHAT, WHEN YOU BECOME A PARTNER, WHEN YOU GIVE AND YOUR HEART IS RIGHT IN THE GIVING, YOU GIVE OFF A SCENT, A ODOR, A SWEET SMELL THAT IS PLEASING TO GOD. AND VICE VERSA, IF YOU AREN'T GIVING WITH THE RIGHT ATTITUDE, I BELIEVE YOU ALSO GIVE OFF AN ODOR THAT DRAWS EVERY DEMON TO YOU. AND AGAIN, THIS MAY BE ALL SYMBOLIC. I'M NOT SAYING THUS SAITH THE LORD ON THIS, BUT I DO SEE THAT THERE ARE PEOPLE THAT IF THEY AREN'T GIVERS AND IF THEY ARE JUST FOCUSED ON THEIR NEED AND THEY WON'T GIVE BECAUSE THEY WANT TO TAKE CARE OF THEMSELVES FIRST, THEY ARE ABSOLUTELY NOT GOING TO HELP ANYBODY UNTIL THEY GET ALL OF THEIR NEEDS MET. THAT IS AN ATTITUDE, AND THOSE TYPE OF PEOPLE WILL JUST CONTINUE TO HAVE PROBLEM AFTER PROBLEM AFTER PROBLEM. I DEAL WITH THOUSANDS OF PEOPLE, AND I SEE THIS. I SEE PEOPLE COME UP, AND THEY TELL ME THEIR PROBLEMS, AND, and BEFORE THEY TELL ME the, THE SITUATION, I CAN TELL THAT THEY GOT PROBLEMS JUST BECAUSE OF THAT ATTITUDE. THEY GIVE OFF THIS, this SENSE IN THE SPIRIT REALM. IT JUST STINKS. IT DRAWS EVERY PERVERSE THING TO THEM, AND THEY WONDER WHY THINGS ARE HAPPENING. YOU NEED TO MAKE SURE THAT YOU ARE A SWEET-SMELLING SAVER. A SACRIFICE, WELL-PLEASING TO GOD. AND THEN IN VERSE 19, IT SAYS, BUT MY GOD SHALL SUPPLY ALL YOUR NEED ACCORDING TO HIS RICHES IN GLORY BY CHRIST JESUS. AGAIN, PEOPLE TAKE THAT VERSE OUT OF CONTEXT AND THEY JUST SAY, MY GOD'S GOING TO SUPPLY ALL OF YOUR NEED. I CAN SAY THIS, THAT MY GOD WANTS TO SUPPLY ALL OF YOUR NEED. GOD IS A GOOD GOD. HE DOESN'T GIVE ANY OF US WHAT WE DESERVE. IF HE GAVE US WHAT WE DESERVED, WE'D ALL GO TO HELL. I'M TALKING ABOUT EVEN AFTER YOU GET BORN AGAIN. WE DON'T DESERVE THE BLESSING OF GOD. SO IT'S NOT THAT GOD JUST MOVES IN OUR LIFE WHEN WE'RE WORTHY OF HIM MOVING. HE DOES DESIRE TO BLESS EVERY ONE OF US. BUT AGAIN, I REFER TO THAT VERSE IN ROMANS CHAPTER 5, VERSE 2, THAT WE HAVE ACCESS BY FAITH INTO THIS GRACE OF GOD. GRACE IS GOD'S UNCONDITIONAL LOVE AND FAVOR AVAILABLE TO US ON AN UNEARNED, UNDESERVED BASIS. IT'S EVERYTHING THAT GOD IS AND EVERYTHING THAT HE HAS, AND IT'S AVAILABLE NOT BASED ON YOUR PERFORMANCE. SO THAT IS HERE FOR US IN GRACE. BUT YOU ACCESS THAT GRACE BY FAITH IS WHAT ROMANS CHAPTER 5 SAYS. AND FAITH IN, in THE FINANCIAL REALM IS GIVING. FAITH IS STEPPING OUT AND TAKING A PORTION OF WHAT YOU'VE GOTTEN INSTEAD OF JUST CONSUMING IT ALL ON YOURSELF AND ONLY GIVING TO GOD IF YOU HAD SOMETHING TO SPARE. NO, FAITH IS TAKING IT AND SAYING, FATHER, I HONOR YOU AND I HONOR YOUR WORD MORE THAN I HONOR MY OWN REASONING AND THINGS. IN THE NATURAL, I NEED EVERY BIT OF THIS, BUT YOU SAID TO HONOR YOU AND THAT YOU WOULD CAUSE MY MY BARNS TO BURST OUT WITH PLENTY, THAT I WOULD HAVE MORE THAN ENOUGH. AND SO I'M HONORING YOU. I'M NOT LEANING UNTO MY OWN UNDERSTANDING. I TRUST YOU. AND SO YOU GIVE. THAT'S FAITH. AND THAT RELEASES this, THIS GRACE OF GOD. GOD WANTS TO BLESS EVERYBODY, BUT HE CAN'T DO IT BECAUSE WE HAVE TO COOPERATE BY OPERATING IN FAITH. AND SO I'LL PLUG THAT BACK INTO 
Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, that my God doesn't just supply everyone's need according to His riches and glory. He wants to. He is ready to do it. He is able to do it, but you have to believe. And it's one thing to say, oh, well, I believe in the name of Jesus. Father, just supply all of this need. It's one thing to say you believe, but faith without works is dead. James chapter 2, verse 20. Talk is cheap. You got to do something. There has to be corresponding action to go along with your faith or it's not biblical faith. So what action is it that causes the financial blessing and prosperity of God that's already been provided for you by grace? What action is it that releases that? It's giving. Taking a portion of what you've got and saying, God, I need this, but you said to honor you, to seek first the kingdom of God, and then these things would come as a byproduct. Instead of putting my needs first and giving you what's left over, I'm giving to you first and trusting that you are causing all of this abundance to come. And when you do that, that's what causes God to supply all of your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. This doesn't just work for every Joe Blow or Jane Doe Christian. You have to start trusting Him. And again, I go back to this entire book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 1, verse 5. It was written to partners. And partners, he, he knew God was going to meet their need because he was in dire straits. He had been in prison for two years before he got to Rome, two years more in Rome. And he had been without any income, and yet he was able to rent a hired house for two years and pay the rent on it because these Philippians were partners. And because these people, I mean, this wasn't convenient for them. I mentioned it already, but they didn't have the communications that we have. They didn't have a mail service that they could just send him a check in the mail. They couldn't wire him something through, uh, you know, the telegraph. They couldn't do any of these things. It was hard to connect with Paul. For over a year, they didn't even know where he was. He was lost in transit. And yet these people had persevered until they found him, and then they gave him money to be able to rent a house for two years. These people were partners. These people kept Paul alive. These people did it when it wasn't convenient. It wasn't just like an automatic withdrawal from your bank account every month. Now, I'm not against that. That helps us, and I praise God for those. But I'm saying you can get to where you aren't even thinking about it. You're giving, you aren't even thinking about what you're doing. That wasn't so with the Philippians. These people went to great effort to be able to find Paul, to find out what his needs were, and to supply his needs. And because of that, he says, I know my God is going to supply your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I believe God wants to bless everybody, but not everybody will cooperate. But when a person goes to this effort to help get the gospel out, to fund the preaching of the gospel, then I can say that, man, a person that is that committed to giving, a person who will give consistently like this, not only when it's for something that they are getting, Paul was far removed from them. They weren't watching his television program. They weren't getting his, his uh, CDs that he was sending out. They weren't getting anything personally. They were just thanking God for what they had already gotten, and specifically, they were giving to help him reach other people. When you get people like that, then you can say, my God, 
is I'm confident God is going to complete this good work. God is going to supply all of their need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, partnership is a whole different level. It's more than just an occasional gift, an emotional gift, just a gift to pay for what you've got. It's you helping put the gospel out to other people. It's unselfish. It absolutely is unselfish. And when God sees that attitude, man, He just blesses that. And this is what I want to end up this whole series, the last day of my six-week teaching, saying that God wants you to become partners. I'd love for you to become partners with me, but you don't have to partner with me. There's many good ministries. There's many good television ministries, your own church. There's people all around you that you could become a partner with. And when you become a partner, you start receiving the blessings, the anointing that is on that ministry. It starts coming towards you. And then in eternity, you're going to have rewards that are out of this world. All of the people's lives that have been touched, you will have a part and you will have people come by and thank you. You know, here in this ministry, like I said earlier, I was believing God for 10,000 new partners. I mean, right away. I've got a $17 million indebtedness on a parking garage that we built. I hadn't got time to give the ex explanation. I wanted to do it debt-free and just some things happened and I wound up uh, taking out a loan was the lesser of all of the evils. And so we've got to get that parking garage paid off. And then I still have 100 to $150 million worth of buildings in my heart that God wants me to build for our Karis Bible College. And so there's a lot to be accomplished, and I'm just looking for some partners. Again, you can go anywhere you want to and partner, but you need to take this and you need to partner with somebody. You need to partner with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you do that, then I know that that good work that God began in you, He's going to complete it. I know that He will supply all of your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But I tell you, you need to become a partner, not just finances, but in heart, in prayers. You need to pray about it and say, God, what can we do to increase our outreach, to reach more people for the kingdom? And when you get that attitude, I tell you, if here, here's the way I look at it. If you find a ministry that needs a lot of money, God isn't going to give that money directly to the minister. He's going to give it to his partners and then those partners will give to the ministry. So you know one of the ways to prosper? Find a ministry that needs a lot of money and say, God, I'll become a partner. I'll take the prosperity that you give me and I'll start sharing it with this ministry. Well, this is one of those ministries that needs a lot of money. I'd encourage you to pray about being a partner with us. And remember that today's my last day to offer this teaching on financial stewardship. I'm giving this book as a gift to you, and also the CDs or the DVDs. You can ask for any one of these individually as a gift, and we'll send it to you. We also have a package deal where you can get a study guide, and you can get this DVD that has testimonies of people who have seen great breakthroughs in the financial area because they got hold of these truths. So today's my last day to make this offer. I encourage you to listen to our announcer and please go to the effort of requesting these free materials or the entire package deal. Listen to our announcer as he gives you that information, and please call or write today. 
Andrew is offering his complete teaching on financial stewardship in your choice of either a book, CD album, or DVD album as his free gift to you today. Go to awmi.net to order your free product today. This offer is limited to one free product per household and is only available in the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. This teaching is also available as a companion study guide for a gift of any amount when you contact us. Or you can get these valuable resources in the Financial Stewardship Package. This package includes the Financial Stewardship Book, Study Guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album, as well as the Financial Breakthroughs DVD. This DVD includes six testimonies of people that experience the freedom of turning their finances over to God. This package has a catalog value of $115, but you can get it today for only $80. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get these products. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. You know, throughout this entire series, we've been talking about giving and specifically partnership. And we need partners. I'm believing God for 10,000 new partners. We've already got over $120 million worth of buildings in just the last nine years. But I've got at least $100 million worth, maybe $200 million worth of buildings still in my heart for our students, for an activity center. We've got a new student housing that we've got a preliminary drawing of that is showing you a little idea of what it would look like. This one would house about 120 people. Our others are gonna be smaller with maybe somewhere around 40 people per dorm, but we need this student housing and we need people to become partners. I'm believing for 10,000 new partners. I would ask you to pray about it, and if the Lord says so, join with us and help us change people's lives through Karis Bible College. I tell you, I'm excited. God is gonna do something special during these meetings. I felt that he was just speaking truth. The perspective is so different, it's so new, and the, the understanding runs so deep. God has given us everything that we need in seed form, and the Word of God has to be sown in your heart. Man, that is powerful. I know that he gets before the Lord, and there's always a freshness, even on things that we already have revelation on. There's a today in time word. You have to get to where you believe in the power of words every moment of every day. When you start speaking to your problem and commanding it to leave, that's when you start seeing great things happen. Andrew's teaching and the love that he has for God's word and truth, it is the gospel truth. Man, before I came to Karis, I was so broken. I dealt a lot with anxiety and depression. I didn't really realize I could have an actual relationship with God. When I came here, I started to see God like, you know, He just wants to have a relationship with me. It totally transformed the way I look at God. God longs to have fellowship with you. This is where faith comes from. It's not just head knowledge, Bible school knowledge, it's revelation knowledge that changes you. 
just been set free from a lot of the bondage I was in. I haven't been depressed in so long. Pretty awesome having that just weight lifted and putting on Jesus' yoke. You come here and you meet God personally, and then he gives you a whole new direction. This is a time, this is a season of your life that God's wanting to show you who you really are and what he's wanting to do in your life. If you have a desire for Bible college, God's the one that put it there. If you're considering coming to Karis, I just want to say it's going to be one of the best decisions you've made in your life. Next week, we're going to do something very special on our program. I'm going to be playing our Heart of Christmas musical that we perform every year in Woodland Park, Colorado. It is one of the most exciting things that we do. You're going to love it. So make plans to tune in all next week during Christmas week as we play our Heart of Christmas musical.